0: We just want to say thank you for how you're working. We want to say thank you, Lord, that we can trust that you will oversee events and keep things in your hands. And Lord, that you are working. And Lord, we're thankful that you don't need us, but you want to use us. We thank you that you will use us. You will supply. You will give us what we need to serve you. If, if we'll just pray and seek your face. Lord, we thank you that we can know that you are in charge and even when things don't work the way that we would like, we we can still trust you and know that you are caring and working on our behalf. And Lord, we want to just say thank you that we Know that your will and your way is always best. And Lord, we want to thank you for giving your son that we could be saved and we could assemble here together in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ye kids, you may go. And um, let's take our Bibles and go back to 1 John, if we can. 1 John, chapter 1. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son. Jesus Christ, and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar... And his word is not in us. Let's read the first verse of chapter 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And of course the sentence goes on, but I just wanted to get that little admonition in there. So we can get a hold of how... John is writing here, and he is trying to help us understand. He is writing to people who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He addresses them as little children. And, uh, you know, there is something that we we can think about, and uh, it is uh, Christmas season, Christmas is Friday and Christmas Eve is Thursday and I'm looking forward to the uh, Christmas Eve service. I don't know what it is, but I, I just like decorating the tree and singing the carols. And, and uh, it just brings back so many memories of, of a little child and, and, and a time when uh, the cares and the pressures uh, of this life weren't uh, what they are right now but i also like to see others making memories and things as well and we need to enjoy our service for the lord and and that's what fellowship is and we talk about this uh, john has left us here in verse 3 and 4 where we finished the last time he says we declare these, this message about Jesus, the things that we witness, the things that we've seen, the things that we've heard, so that you could have fellowship with us. And we get to verse 5, and, and verse 4 says that our joy might be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Now, here's the idea of fellowship again. And and this is where, where we start tonight. This then is the message. We declare unto you that God is light. Now, light is what allows the eyes to see. You cannot see without light. I mean, we've used this example. How many of you have ever been underground in one of those caverns? And what's the thing that they always do when you get underground? They turn off the lights. How many of you like that? I don't like that. I don't even like going into some of the recesses of this building in Brooklyn. I'm afraid something... Uh, it just might crawl out of there that's, that's in there. And, and uh, as we've opened up some of the things, it, it, uh, there was definitely some kind of life form in there, building nests and, and, and things. And, and, of course, that's always uh, <clears throat> unpleasant when you find that someone's been in a space before you. And uh, I, I like the light. I like lots of light. How many are with me on that? And it tells us that God is light. Now, some of you may remember back to a time when you were unsaved and the Bible was just a mass of confusion. How many would say, that was me. I mean, the Bible just seemed like a bunch of contradictions. It was just a religious book. I'd heard about it. now, you read the Bible for yourself and all of a sudden it makes sense. Well, you know what happened? God turned on the light. How many of you uh, were of a different understanding of the world events when you got saved? And you would classify yourself maybe as uh, not being uh, where you are today, we might say. Maybe you even uh, endorsed uh, Hillary Clinton for president and some of these things before you got saved. And all of a sudden, now it's a whole different world out there. Things that you used to say, oh, that's good. Now you go, oh, wow, what happened? The light came on. You could actually see things. And things that once looked one way looked completely different. How I many of you have ever painted a room or put some paint on the wall and it looked like a different color than what you bought in the store? You know why? Because different lights make different colors. Years ago, before my wife, well, actually as my wife was getting married, someone gave her a lead crystal swan. It was purple. It's very Pretty thing. I just molded, uh, someone heated up the lead crystal and just molded it out of that. And unless you put one of those Obama bulbs, you know what I'm talking about? Those fluorescent bulbs in your thing that you're supposed to save the world and poison you all at the same time. Sometimes I wonder if there's not a plot there. Uh, Excuse me for digressing. But you put in one of those cheap, garbagey. Fluorescent bulbs. And you know what happens to that beautiful purple swan? It turns the most horrid pale green. Because the light that comes from that CFL bulb interacts differently and transfers through the molecules of that crystal. And it changes the color. Now, this, these are things that happen because of light. And the Bible tells us that, John says, my whole message is this, that God is light. He is going to change the way that you see and understand things. There have been many people say, Pastor, uh, you you say something and, and, and I just... I just wonder, do you have to be quite so harsh? Well, you turn on the light, and there's really nothing good you can say about some things. And some people who claim to be leaders and claim to be helping us. You see, God is light. He will help you understand the difference between right and wrong. Before you were saved, that was the only thing you cared about. Sometimes. Many times before you were saved, you didn't care about the difference between right and wrong. Now, let's be honest. I know it's wrong, but a little bit won't hurt me. How many of us Christians have used that same thought process? That's a dangerous thing. God is light. It says, and in him is no darkness at all. That is the message. If we would just get a hold of this verse, one verse, it would change everything because... How many times do we accuse the Lord of doing something just a little less than we might like? Of putting us in a set of circumstances. This is, if you really want to know what's being echoed here, is James chapter one: "Rejoice when you fall into diverse temptations." That's that is what is being echoed in this verse through. John's writing, he says, in him is light, and, and there's no darkness in God. I wish I had a dollar for everybody who told me, he said, well, preacher, you, you know, that Bible is good, but if you get too much of it now, uh, my own mother would tell me, you know, if you're so, if you get so heavenly minded, you might not be any earthly good, you know, and, and, and uh, I always tried to kindly remind my mother that I wanted to be heavenly-minded enough that when I get to heaven, I would be heavenly good. Amen? Uh, That was this morning's message. I mean, we want to be prepared to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? That puts things in a whole different light, doesn't it? When we look at our lives, when we look at our struggles, when we look at what we face and the real battles that we fight, if we could understand something, that God is light. And in Him is no darkness at all. Now, I don't proclaim to understand this whole thing, but Thursday night... Uh, I talked to Andrew as soon as I found out, and he said, Well, Dad, I hope I can do that. And I said, Son, I really need you to preach for me Thursday night because uh, we, we really uh, should go out there and just be at least a, a support to the Graff family. And uh, they lost their son, 36 years old, left a wife and two children, Did not know this until during the funeral. He'd had brain cancer since 2009. And he had just had been the last six months. uh, They thought he was making a rebound. Now, if you're familiar at all with cancer and how it works, normally the last several months that you live, all of the symptoms disappear and you, you appear to be doing very well. And then all of a sudden... And that's exactly what happened with John. And I knew John when he was just a a young teenager. I'd been traveling with Brother Clayton before I was married. I was there and I looked at this beautiful young lady and I said, You've got to be Ashley. And she smiled and said, Yes, I'm Ashley. I said, You don't remember this, but I used to feed you in your high chair when I traveled in with Brother Clayton. And... uh, I think that was rather embarrassing for her at twenty. Nearly, uh, well, that'd have been 28 years ago. She was about 30 years old today, something like that. And, and, uh, but, uh, you remember those things. And yet, if this verse is true, there's no darkness. there's some pretty tough things to deal with. When it's your son and your husband, and the children are very little, they they probably won't even know how to deal with this until many years down the road. But this verse says something that goes contrary to everything I understand and perceive. It says, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Now, that's a tough verse. But if I'm going to trust, uh, you have to choose between what you perceive and take in and what the Bible says. And, And if I can just digress a moment... to to illustrate this in a very stark way, this is the root of all mental illness, is you have to be able to believe someone else's perception of what's going on around you more than your own. If you cannot do that, you're, you're going to find yourself in... Uh, a very special place with a lot of very special people taking care of you. Because we all have to be able to listen to other people explain what is going on around us. If you are the sum total of your interpreter of reality, let me tell you something. You're going you're, you're to find yourself in trouble one day. long before my mother-in-law was actually married she was traveling in, in in a plane with a young man who had just gotten his pilot's license and he began to tell her that the instruments never lie and and sometimes you get disoriented but you've got to trust the instruments in the plane and she looked down at the thing and the instruments said they were flying upside down and she told him she said we're, we're upside down. That's what the instruments say. And he said, no, no, I know we're flying. No, they were flying upside down. And if she had not convinced him thoroughly to pay attention to what was on the instrument board, she would have died that day along with the pilot in the plane. You see, if you don't let God's light determine what is true, and what is false? And they call me crazy for letting God's light tell me what is true and what is false. Can I tell you something? I don't think I'm the one that's crazy. You have to. You must. Allow something, someone else, to interpret reality for you, to to be your dividing line, to tell you, God is that reality check for us. He tells us what is true and what is not true. And even though every fiber of my being is revolting at this thing and saying, how am I going to walk through this dark valley if it's being obedient to God? I want you to understand something. There is no darkness in that valley regardless of what I see. Because if I'm walking with God... He is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Do you get the application of that verse? I'm not saying that I can explain it. I'm not saying that I have a a perfect understanding, and when it comes time... To walk down those dark hallways as we call them in in times of life that are very adverse. In times when things are not going the way that we want them to. You need to grab a hold of something. John said this is the message. He said if you want to have fellowship with With us, you've got to have fellowship with God. He says, I write these things that your joy may be full. He says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Let's take a moment and go back to the Sermon on the Mount for just a minute. We need to get this one uh, passage here. In verse 22 of chapter six it says the light of the... this is Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. "The light of the body is the eye, if therefore thine eye be single, Thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Do you know there are some people that cannot tell the difference? They believe that they are walking in the light, they believe they are doing what is right. They believe that everything is good and fine. And the Bible says that they're full of darkness. In fact, it's such a darkness that they cannot penetrate it. And they are enveloped by it to a point that they believe that they're walking in the light. Have you ever met someone blinded by religion? Who, who believes that they have the truth? And that the truth is a lie? How many of you have met people like that? How many of you remember the struggle you had to go through? To understand and to begin to perceive things by the light of the person of God. And to see things correctly instead of incorrectly. And this is a battle that that we face. But if you want that joy that he's talking about in verse 4, you've got to get a hold of this truth. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There is nothing that you can do in being obedient to God that is going to lead you toward sin. In Him, God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. I know I'm repeating. But I just feel like it's kind of just dripping off the side. Is it? Is it sinking down into that heart? Is it, is it getting there? Because sometimes we feel like God asks us to do things, and and we we look at those things and we say, "Well, I know what the Bible says," but it's as if we have if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in that light, here's what's going to happen. we we will have fellowship one with another. And I can give you stories, those of you that have been to other churches, uh, have lived in other places, you know this is true. You get with someone who loves the Lord and wants to serve the Lord. It's just like we've been old friends, even though we've never met before. We're doing the same thing. That's one of the things I love about Heartland. Is if I meet someone that is convinced and is serving the Lord and believes in what's going on at Heartland Baptist Bible College, guess what? I know I have a friend. I know I have somebody I can fellowship with, because we're not in agreement, because we're loyal to an organization. We're not just trying to keep something going there, to to keep the flame lit, as we might say. I remember what happened at the college I went to, and there was only there was one overriding factor: we want to keep the school alive. Well, the school is alive today, deader than it's ever been. Because, see, the goal was just keeping the organization alive. And they've compromised nearly everything that they've ever taught on campus, at least when I was there. Uh, They still teach that you get saved by grace through faith, but they have a, 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 a faith in God that doesn't change a thing about you. Your dress stays the same, your clothes stay... I mean, your music... Stays the same or gets worse in some cases. Uh, I never listened to that rattle trap garbage even when I was a rebellious teenager. And, and now it's all rock music, everything is there. I hated that stuff before I knew it was wrong. There's just something in my soul that said, I don't, I don't want to listen to that garbage. I never even liked Elvis at all. It's just not me. It sounded like he needed to take two aspirin and go home and get over whatever it was that he got. you know what I'm saying? And and I still recommend that for those guys that pull the mic right up to their face and, you know, look like they're in pain. Uh, Take a couple of ibuprofen, go home, get over it, come back and sing when you can hold a microphone like a human being. Amen? Am I the only one that's like that? You see, here's the problem. What was the final deciding factor, the line of demarcation, what made the difference between what was right and what was wrong, was not determined by the words of this book, but by keeping the organization alive. And that's what destroyed Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. Now, some would argue and say it's not been destroyed, it's been improved. But see, I have no fellowship. I have no basis of anything to fellowship about. But I'll tell you what. I've met more than one old-time preacher that just says, We're just trying to preach the Bible. Boy, there's just something that lights up. Something that makes a connection there. I like being around old preachers. You know why? And by the way, you have to be old for me to call you old today. Amen? How? I like being around men that have been faithful all their life because it encourages me. But, you know, the old preachers, Brother Horton and I used to have this conversation on a regular basis. He said, but I like being around you young guys. I like being called a young guy. Amen. Fifty-one years old, young guy. I like that. That sounds nice to me. It means I've still got some time ahead of me. Amen. Amen. He says, I like being around you guys. You guys encourage me because there's still people coming after us doing exactly the same thing we are. That's what fellowship is. That's how we know this thing is going to continue. Is as, I remember being in a sermon one time and the preacher said, I'm going to preach to you old guys. And he was probably 15, 20 years older than me and he said, I'm preaching to us. And then he said, now I'm going to preach to you young guys. And I'm sitting there going, I certainly don't qualify for what he claimed to be old. And I most certainly double disqualified for being what he's talking about being young. I guess he's not preaching to me at all. I feel a little discouraged there. But I'll tell you what, I got over it. Because I want to serve the Lord with people who want to serve the Lord. And there's been a lot of things I don't understand in life and in direction. But if you'll get this message, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And I have fellowship with other people walking in that same light. You know what? When I walk with those other men it's easier to keep serving the Lord and not fall prey to the devil. You know that's what true fellowship does. That's why it's important for the preacher to go to fellowship meetings. Is because preachers preach. But you want know preachers need to get preaching because they need to know that they're not the only guy out there struggling. I've often said, tried to explain this. I said, us guys from the East Coast, I said, we need to go uh, out to Heartland and places like that, because we need to understand that this does not define ministry. It is incredible to walk into some of these churches, and they're huge, and they're just packed full of people. and, And you just sit there and go, wow, I wish this happened back home. But then they need to come out here. Because, you know, those churches that are packed full of people, they're they're the ones that paid for this building when we needed help. Amen? And we work together to get things done. We can have fellowship. But our fellowship has got to be defined by the light and God is that light and if we'll define our fellowship by that light and of course that just ought to be true inside a local church a thousand times more than it could ever possibly be in a fellowship of pastors could we say amen to that Because we're striving together as members of the same body to serve the same Christ. And you know what happens? Sometimes we get rubbed the wrong way just a little bit. You ever pet a cat backwards? Uh, They normally don't like it very much. But if you'll get in the light, You'll find that rough fur gets smoothed down right away now, doesn't it? We've got to follow in the light as He is in the light. And we have fellowship one with another because Jesus has saved you. He has saved me. He's forgiven all of my sins, He's forgiven all of your sins. And if they're forgiven, there's nothing that one of us ought to hold against another. That's fellowship. And all God's people said? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. And Lord, we need our eyes tuned to your light. We need to know, and Lord, as. Even now, as we think about some of these things, and I think about the Graf family, and Lord, we would honestly try to understand what they're going through as, as very dark days, as a, as a very deep time. And yet, your, your Word tells us that there's no darkness in You at all. And so, Lord, we trust that Your comfort will be greater than their sorrow. And that your strength will be greater than their weakness. Your supply greater than their loss. And that you would bless this family as they endeavor to serve you and continue to serve you. Now Lord, we need you to work in our hearts and lives. an amazing thing. If you dim the bulb, the darkness just creeps in. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to understand that you are light. And the closer we get, the better off we are. The more we walk in that light, the more we're going to find fellowship with true believers in Jesus Christ. We ask you to do your work in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish our prayers, we normally do, we'll take just a moment. If you need to pray right there at your seat, that's fine. If you need to slip out and spend a few moments, please do.